Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I'm Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what's up? What's up? Two weeks, man. It's been kind of a long two weeks. Yeah, it really has. It kind of felt like we did this show a long time ago, yeah. you know? A lot of sports stuff has happened in Which two is weeks. good. That's why we like the two-week intervals, because so much has happened. But we don't want to do a show every day and just kind of burn you guys out. So we like doing the every other week. As we said before, we will do weekly for big events. For instance, I'll get it off our chest now. 3 16 2022 we're doing a show for nfl free agency it starts march 16th and that's the bottom line because jg said so that's going to happen on 316 i'm excited for that so uh join us as might, always we'll do a show on the ninth like taker going on behind us or something it's not a bad it's idea like live live if i have to break night. glass i'll do it just to get the show <laughs> i going. wish you would have told me i definitely had the 316 ready but we'll get it ready for the, the actual day we'll have some stone cold shit that entire day i'll be celebrating <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. Where we left off, the Super Bowl was just about to happen. Rams versus the Bengals. Joe Burrow, the unlikely team in the playoffs. I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. The Rams kind of surprising. They they bought their way into the Super Bowl. They they went all in. Everybody knew that that's what that was their plan, and it worked. Got them to a Super Bowl. Next step, win the Super Bowl. Rams did. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Like every other playoff game this year, it came down to that last drive. Last minute, always. Uh, I mean, shout out to Aaron Donald. I always talk about how I think Aaron Donald's the best player in football. Uh, one of, at least, one of probably the best defensive player I've ever seen. Yeah. Dominated. He closed that game out perfect. I you, mean, that, that you think he was offsides that one play that everyone no. keeps talking Aaron about? Aaron Donald's number. It's just as <laughs> naturally his muscles are just over the line at all times. <laughs> There's nothing he can do about it. So, a great game. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about OBJ, we'll start off with that. Obviously, as a Browns, Based Cleveland based show yeah. Browns fans OBJ is close to us in our hearts. Well, you rocked his jersey then the show. I did, went out, and so. I did my usual JG curse, and he tore his ACL because that used to happen <laughs> Shit, when I, I buy. Didn't think about that when That's... I buy Browns jerseys, the players either suck or get hurt immediately after I buy it. And for instance, I'll name a few. I bought a Trent Richardson jersey after his great rookie season. I have bought a Baker Mayfield jersey during his rookie season. I got a uh odell beckham jr jersey yeah i got a kareem hunt jersey after he had a really good year last year this year full of injuries yep so i bought a john johnson jersey before the season started i just have a career track record of ruining cleveland athletes by buying bad players like next year just pick one jersey i'll never buy miles garrett i've already vowed i bought a denzel ward but i've never worn it okay and i don't plan on wearing it so because the the putting it on is what does yeah yeah once it touches my body it's cursed don't buy a timbuktu jersey you got jerseys? Too late. I do. It's already in the mail. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, I wore the OBJ jersey. I was excited for him to go to L.A. to get a second chance. He showed that that's all he needed was just a, Did a he better situation. Did he tear the same ACL? As- I believe so. Yeah, it was the oh, same exact name. Oh, that feels. So, I mean, shout out to him. He still got the ring. He he did get a touchdown. He, in the first half, was on pace to possibly win the MVP. I mean, let's be honest. He was having a great first half. Yeah, he had some huge catches. Crazy. Again, the touchdown. He got them on the board and then stepped on a weird uh, colored piece of the field where they do the paint. And I think that like fucked with his traction. And next thing you know, knee tore out. No, non-contact injury. Those are always the worst when you see a guy go down when no one touched him 
Well, it's crazy because you, I mean, right after that took place, you saw Twitter just light up with get rid of turf, like ban yeah, turf. Absolutely. And, and I agree. It causes too many injuries, especially the, like I said, the non-contact, the structural uh, knee injuries, Achilles injuries, stuff like that. Guys, right. that, that nothing happened to them. It's just running on this artificial shit mm-hmm. caused, a, caused an injury that's going to possibly cost Odell Beckham his career. Same ACL, less than a year, about a year apart. Mm-hmm. You don't come back from that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Recovery time's going to be hard for him to do that. Rehab. It was hard enough for him to come back this year. I mean, he was unmanlike doing it last right. time. He came back so quick. He looked like the Terminator making those crazy. treadmill videos. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for him. I know a lot of Browns fans came out, and, you know, the the shitty ones were, were laughing and saying, ha-ha, that's karma. But at the end of the day, dude caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Talk all the shit you want about uh, OBJ, but Browns have never been to a Super Bowl. Baker's right. not – close to being to a Super Bowl. He caught a touchdown, has a ring now. Kudos to OBJ. I, I don't hold any ill will. That's just me. Yeah, I think I texted you right after he scored. I'm like, of course, it's Odell that scored the first touchdown. I think because he was the right. first one that scored, right? Yeah, I was like, of course. It's Naturally. Him. Gets him on the board. Uh, Cooper Cup ended up winning the MVP. I forgot his exact stat line, but, you know, a couple touchdowns. He obviously caught the the game ceiling touchdown, mm. or game winning, I should say, right at the end. He he showed up when he needed to, and that's that's he was the offensive player of the year, triple crown winner. What a year for that guy! What so he God. just he kept laying it on. He did have a very slow first half. I'll give the Bengals credit for that. The Bengals were able to kind of shut Cooper Cup down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then OBJ got hurt. Cooper Cup had to step up, and he did it beautifully. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the defenses for both sides of of the of the line. I mean, the run defense for both teams was yeah. Amazing. The, the Rams there was no Sean running McVay in that was just so adamant about trying to run the ball, right? And it wasn't working. And what they end the game with like less than twenty yeah, yards they were, rushing. They I were think. shutting all the runs down, and was, they just he kept going for it. But that's right. Sean McVay for it. He has his offense. He sticks to it. He trusts his team, and it worked. Do we know if if Burrow? Speaking of injuries, did, did Burrow actually re-injure that knee that he had before? Or was it kind of like a tweak? I, know I think it was just a tweak. He got okay. hurt. I saw him. He was on the ground. He yelled on that one play. Yeah, he got yeah. taken down. He came back in. I'd have to assume that no news at this point. Yeah, no, they would have announced something, game. which he better knock on wood because that's the second time in the last month or so that he's come away from an injury and right. been kind of close to and being it's out like again. The same knee too that yep. he had. All, yeah, it's not. Good. He came back a little early from that injury, kind of like OBJ, and he's taken a lot more contact on it than OBJ. And I'm not saying people would target that on purpose. No, but it's just it's people natural. know. I mean, it just happens. They go, they when, go loaded. When you're a quarterback, you. you get taken down. and You're in the middle of the pile like that. Right. Your knees are going to, your legs are going to get taken Absolutely. out. There's nothing you can do about it. So, uh, great effort by the Bengals. I mean, in my opinion, personally, the score was 23 to 20. The Rams won. That play right after halftime, the touchdown to, um, was it T. Higgins? I think yeah, it was Higgins the, who grabbed uh, Jalen Ramsey's face mask. The face ba- face mask, phantom face mask. Which, yeah. However way you want to look at it. but Like, I mean, it from my perspective, he completely, it was offensive pass interference, no question. Yeah. And the refs blew that call. So for me, the game was close. It was definitely entertaining. But I would have been really fucking mad as a Browns fan if the Bengals won the Super Bowl because of a blown call. Yeah, no, I mean you can clearly see when they slow, like still framed it, that his hands were wrapped. Yeah, he basically his... threw Jalen Ramsey out of his way. Right. I mean that gave him the free. I mean they literally were just gifted a touchdown, which is crazy to me. Oh, really quick, I want to. I meant to do this at the start of the show, but I'm still getting used to this. Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning Service LLC Hotline four four zero four 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 seven two five one. Call in. Let's interact, guys. If you guys want to talk with us, you can comment on Facebook. You can do anything you want. Talk to us on Twitch, YouTube. We got it all running here. Talk to us. Again, that number is 440-444-7251. Give us a call. And, uh, you can be our us, first caller. You yeah, let's be our first caller of Talking About Balls. We would love to have prize. you. Um, we Talk to us about what you thought of the Super Bowl. We have plenty of topics to get to today. It's a loaded show. So stay with us. Again, if you want to talk about anything, feel free to call in. But, uh, yeah, that missed call for me, that, that's on the biggest stage. The refs have been questionable all year. 
and they fuck it up that bad. Well, that wasn't the first one. There's a lot of interesting. Oh, calls for sure. That but night, that was but that was huge. that was a crucial one because oh, yeah. I mean that changed momentum of the game. Luckily, the Bengals are a young team and they weren't able to capitalize right. because if you remember right after that play, Stafford threw an interception mm-hmm. and they had the ball inside the almost at the twenty. So it was a huge swing. It I mean, really was. They could have gone up by two touchdowns right. at that point, and they ended, luckily they didn't. So here's the thing. I mean, you know what's funny is the NFL is not going to do anything. Like they're not going to correct anything. I mean, they, they I didn't see anything come out saying after the Super Bowl saying we met we made a mistake we fucked up. No, they never do that that the nfl is not known for doing that at what point does this i mean we need to get under control because this entire season yeah. as browns fans we think that the officiating is always against us but no, it, there's it's bad been overall. a That's, lot of bad calls this year yeah browns fans love to play the woe is me <laughs> it's it's you know refs against cleveland but if you watch every game like me personally i try to watch as much football as possible i'm a i'm a junkie so i see it all and i see the, the refs are just fucking bad all around there's right. no just in cleveland they're bad in any city it just depends on your rooting interest is where you start to see a couple more that you don't notice possibly because right. you're not a fan of that team. So if they blow a call against the Steelers, you're like, look like a good call to me. But if they do it against the Browns, you throw a fit. So you know how MLB is kind of doing the whole like they're bringing in uh, technology to help out with officiating and called strikes and so on and so forth. Is the NFL going to start bringing things in like that too? I know they have re- replay, but I yeah. mean, they have to have something that's going to help over not even overturn but make better calls quicker on the field yeah that's exactly what they should do actually is they should have kind of like major league baseball have somebody quickly that can just overturn a call if something's wrong you you don't want to slow the game up too much because that's where you start to lose fans and lose interest so you want to be quick and is is mike Mike talking to me about holding the pen that's probably me too i have one too i don't know i love having a pen i got (laughs) look at look at these fucking notes notes. mike okay i got shit i gotta write down and pay attention to dude Things change in the fly in this show. They really do. I got to cross shit off if I don't want to talk about it. I got to cross it off if I did talk about it. I got to play tic-tac-toe if I get bored. I got a lot of shit going on <laughs> on this thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually the refs are going to – or the NFL is going to have to address the situation, but their biggest thing is their viewers were through the roof. They oh, had yeah. best viewership they've ever had in, in, in history. So, for them, they're like, fuck it. Why change it? If it we all broken? turned in for the halftime show. It wasn't, it wasn't Super Bowl. Well, even – I'm talking before that. Even the other playoff <laughs> games – Breaking records. The NFL, I think they did a, a thing for the most watched shows on, on television of all time this year or over the last year. Yeah. And the NFL had like 75% of them were NFL games. NFL's They're just king, dominating. Man. NFL's they are. king. And I don't know if you saw the news. This isn't on the paper or on the notes. Just happened a little bit ago. There's rumors that Troy Aikman is stepping away from Fox. I heard it on the way here. On the going radio. to ESPN. That's, a, that's, that's Everyone crazy. thought he was a lock for Amazon Prime, and they said he might be going to ESPN. So we'll keep going, an eye on he's that. He's going to the Monday night show. Yeah. He's going to Monday night. He'd be doing Monday night football Who's, games. And there's talks. I think Possibly the, Joe Buck yeah, could be the, going with him. God. Which for Monday night football would be good. But the only thing, though, is the NFL Kyle has to Schwarber get. Does go with him? Is he like the, in the He's, the he's there. He's just under the desk. You don't <laughs> see him. Um, but, yeah, you got <laughs> – you have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman going to Monday night football where – Monday Night Football games, let's be honest, ESPN puts on some duds. Well, nobody watches that now with the Peyton if, show. On. If it's not a really good game, even, yeah, that oh, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if yeah. they're conflicting with Peyton Manning, the Manning cast, yeah. I'm watching the Manning Absolutely. cast. Absolutely. But also, there's a lot of times Monday Night Football games, if I don't have anybody in fantasy and it's two shit opponents, yeah. I might throw it on in the background, but I'm not really paying attention to it. people tend to defend it and say, well, they do it early in the season. But they, honestly, there's some games that took place in the middle of the season. You're like, there's no way at the beginning of the season you even thought that would be a good game. There was one game, I remember it, because I had some fantasy implications. It was the Dolphins against the Saints. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's two shit teams at the end of the season playing each other. Nobody tuned in. I mean, I did because well, I, I needed to watch to it for fantasy. Score, that yeah. was it. I had, I had the Dolphins defense. It was a, it was a good game for me. But, um, yeah, so the Super Bowl was pretty good. I mean, as you said, the halftime show for me was the best part. Commercials were good this year. Did you uh, uh, any fat shaming on 50 when he dropped out of the ceiling? 100%, yeah. 
uh, I immediately, I joked that he, he came down in a tank top and when they showed him the second time he put a shirt on, I was like, the FCC must have said his tits were too big for television. <laughs> so they made him put a t-shirt on. Uh, I was kind of upset they only gave M the one song. I thought he'd get at least two. That was my worry. You're not my worry. That was my issue too. They gave Mary J, Mary J Blige and uh, Kendrick Lamar. It almost felt like had more time than Eminem. Right. And it's like, Eminem deserves a little bit more time than that. He is like the... He, he brought hip-hop back to the mainstream, right. in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know. He deserved a little bit more. Yeah, I I'm thought everything you. else about the show was great. I thought they did well. I thought the Snoop and Dre thing back and forth was great. You saw the video of Dre, uh, not Dre, but Snoop taking a hit off the uh, uh, the weed before the show started, like hiding behind we the We were just asked if we're on speed. <laughs> yes, we are on speed. I'm on, I'm on herbal tea right now. That's about <laughs> all I got. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl was good. I, I do feel bad, though. I'm thinking about it. If you're there... Imagine if your seat was facing the stage, like the back of the stage. You're just staring at like Eminem and Snoop's asses the yeah, whole time. I that would suck. I didn't see them turn like this thing or they were just facing one they way. Faced they faced one direction. That was and it. And M was on the side, but then yep. like. And then they all met in the middle and just faced the one side yeah, again. There's, you're just saying. So that kind of sucks. Imagine you're, spending You're listening like, to offsetting music too, because yep. like in the stadium, it probably did not sound. No, it's probably echoing a little bit. You're trying to look up at the screen, especially if you're in like the lower bowls. You don't right. have a great view of the screen. So you're like, you're looking up, trying to watch it and you can't see anything. Right. I'd have been kind of mad if I'm being honest. Oh, what's his face? The kicker for the uh, Bengals setup and watch Evan McPherson. Entire, like, yeah, he did. Halftime show. Which, hey, that was probably the best part of the game for him because it didn't end well for his team. He didn't get a chance to show off that golden foot like he had been doing the weeks uh, poor before. Poor guy. Next so, year. Maybe there's always next year. Fuck him. I wish I had some Coke right now, Dave, because I'm not a Pepsi fan. I thought you were talking about beverages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave's the famous Irish goodbyer that always comes over to my house and leaves. Oh, I respect that. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> All right. Again, oh, as I said in the video, quick, oh, though, favorite favorite commercial, one commercial you loved. I mean, did you watch the commercial? Larry David for me. That was hilarious. I mean, not only was it a great commercial, I'm a diehard Larry David fan. Yeah. So for me, it was perfect. That was honestly, in my opinion, I think that was the funniest commercial. That and the cable guy one. I thought that was that was that, funny. That's too. what I was going to list. I yeah. thought Jim Carrey. Cable guy. Yep. I, I thought him <laughs> coming in and kind of re he looked a little weird, though, with the hair thing. I know he they did. Had... You could tell that he kind of forgot how to do the character yeah. a little bit, but yeah. it still worked. I it, liked was, it. it was great to see him. That, that it was, was a nice touch with him because obviously cables a thing of the past so right him being able to show that he's still trying to put cable in people's houses and he's like what is this like his whole measurement of the wi-fi signal and everything yeah, yeah that's pretty funny that's what about great. you that was your those were your that, favorites that, no, the jim carrey was my favorite because okay. i was just nice seeing i when i saw rumor that he's gonna do a, a commercial i'm like well how's he gonna play off on this yeah, he teased it on twitter and yeah. I, at first i didn't know it was for a super bowl commercial i thought it was for like another movie right and i was really excited because i love the cable guy so sure. i'm like shit they're making a sequel i mean 30 years too late but uh, still yeah, i'd watch it. it i would watch it yeah that was great all right. As I said in the beginning, we are a Cleveland-based show. We try to talk about everything, but we do focus on Cleveland. And, and first things first, we're going to talk about Jarvis Landry. Ladies and gentlemen, he took the gloves off. I'm sure you guys saw it. He did not hold back. I have the tweets here. He let loose, and he directly, in my opinion, he took aim at Baker Mayfield. He showed oh, you, that there is a division. The hundred percent. Okay, right. There is a division in the locker room, and the Browns players are not afraid to, to address it because I'm sure you saw also OBJ was tweeting things about um, a little behind the scenes of like God works for him and blah, 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 got right. him out of the situation in Cleveland. And then next thing you know, Jarvis Landry's liking the tweet and everyone's like, uh-oh. And here, then the next day, Jarvis Landry just unleashes an avalanche of tweets. And I have them right here. I'll read them verbatim. We have in reality, or I'm sorry, reality behind all this is I came back to play in the best shape of my life Got hurt week two, 
with a high-grade MCL sprain tear, partial quad tear, and bone bruise, then came back way too early and ended up staying hurt the entire season. You never heard me mention anything about it. To me, <laughs> that, that is, is, again, that's a direct shot at Baker Mayfield. That is, I didn't bitch about my injury one time. I just played like a man. Uh, tweet number two out of three. Also, my media availability didn't happen because I was focused on getting on the because I was focused on getting on the field as healthy as possible during the week and after games. A strategic plan was set in place to be followed. I put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them I would like to stay, but if not, then I have to put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them I hang on. He just retweeted. He posted the same thing twice. I have put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them I would like to stay, but if not, then I'm confident enough in myself to be better healthy to be a better healthy me this year moving forward to help do my part in a winning championship in winning a championship elsewhere. And then after that, he said, before this year, I missed zero games. So push y'all narrative. It's noted. And he put, I gave everything, everything. So was there a narrative that I missed? I mean, I, I get the fact that we were talking about possibly cutting Jarvis. I mean, we all can agree here that we're, he's not worth a $16 million. No, he's definitely underperformed. His thing is, what he's saying about the narrative is now there are Cleveland fans because Cleveland fans are very stubborn. They're very hot and cold. And just because Jarvis Landry likes some tweets and posted a couple things, right. fans hate him now because they're, they're, they're on Team Baker. So Jarvis, oh, yeah. they're just going, he's always hurt. He sucks. We don't need him. Right. So that's why he said, I've missed zero games in my career until this year. So if you're going to say I'm always hurt, he's basically saying, fuck you if you're saying he's always hurt. Right. So that's kind of what he meant by that. Do you think what started this whole thing, do you think that the Browns went to him and said, look, we might not bring you back or we need to restructure your contract? And you think that's kind of the reaction to this? Is no, that what I've heard is that's just rumors from the media. Okay. Last thing I saw, I don't know if you saw this the other day, they said that Browns plan on meeting with Landry's agents in Indianapolis for the combine, right. at the combine. They'll meet with him there, where I assume they're going to approach him for a contract restructure or tell him they're going to be releasing him. Right. That's my guess. So what is he worth to you? I mean, I, I put a number down. I wrote down like 8 to $10 million, I think it's worth maybe restructuring to I could see that I mean he's I think he's what do 16 he's 60 million yeah so if they could get him down to yeah I mean even 12 I'd be okay with at most because we too we, we still have a lot of cap space and you're not signing him to a long-term deal mil right now yeah we we'll have him. more because we're, we're yeah. making a lot of moves because I think Jarvis Landry will either be restructured or cut I think Austin Hooper could potentially be on the way out I think uh Jack Conklin could be on the way out Mr. Falls down when he catches it all the time lots Hooper. of money yeah, to be yeah. to be mm -hmm. saved by getting rid of some of these guys so there's a lot of money coming back. I mean, obviously, if you expect to move on from Baker, bringing somebody else in, you're going to add a contract. But losing Baker, you get rid of about $20 million right there. So there's a lot of money that's going to be moving and going. I saw an art, a couple people today that are uh, – it's, it's complete, complete rumors at this point. Kareem Hunt could potentially be on the block, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. But they said, clear up some of that money, and you have Dearness Johnson you could keep for a lot cheaper. So it makes sense, sense financially. Yeah, I this, the, back to the Jarvis thing real quick. So it's it's funny. This is the second issue, not issue, but it's the second uh, player that's been like around injuries. Do we think we need to look a little deeper into the training staff uh, of the Browns, like how they handle stuff, what they do, what they don't do? Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I, no, I, I haven't I heard think... anything. I'm just curious because it's like the Baker thing. Okay, for, like Baker coming back. I get that Baker chose to play football. I get that sure. it was his decision to play. But I mean, isn't someone going to be like, hey, look, we're not going. We should not be playing right now. As a training manager, you need to sit out for this entire season because you just can't perform. Same thing with Jarvis. Maybe Jarvis don't come back sooner than you should, or or Odell, or I don't know anything like that. But I mean, is there is there a training thing? You think in the Browns that they need to revisit a little bit, or is it just? It's just a weird coincidence this year. I think it's a weird coincidence. I mean, if you look around the NFL, injuries are just part of the game. Look at right. the Ravens. The yeah. Ravens 
almost made the playoffs and they had some of the most injuries in football. Sure, sure. So it really is just the team. And it's about if you can overcome next man up and for the Browns situation, they just have a lot of tough guys like right. Jarvis Landry's, you know, he, he doesn't want to miss games. He's yeah. always been like that. As he said, he never missed a game in his life until this year. So he's just really prideful in being on the field. Right. Baker's the same way. Baker's stubborn, like it or not. He, he was hurt this year. We know that, but he forced himself on the field. I think if you, I think a lot of it had to do, and I don't want to call him selfish because I do understand the situation he's in. When you're playing for a contract like he is, playing for your future, because the, the your first contract in the NFL means shit. It's your second contract that means everything. Right. So Baker's playing for that second contract. If he missed this season with that shoulder injury, that hurts his leverage for a, a contract. So he tried to fight through it and play, and it backfired. But he's just so set in his ways of, like, I'm going to prove these guys wrong. He made himself play. Made it worse. And it hurt him, but... He just wanted to do it because he's looking for his future, and I respect that. I mean, as a Browns fan, most Browns fans look at it as do whatever you can for the team only, yeah. and they don't want you to think about their human aspect, which I get it. Baker's going to make $18 million, $20 million this year. That's more money than we'll ever see probably, and we're like, fuck you. You could live off that $20 million. but I do understand where he's coming from. He, he wants to make as much as possible. That's why he plays football, dedicated his life to it, so I get it. But at the same time, it backfired, so maybe he should have been a little smarter about it. What? So at the end of the day, do you want Jarvis on the team? For the right price, yeah, I do. If, yeah. They, if they move on, the other thing too is what are you going to do without him? Because I don't see them spending a lot of money on free agency. We're not going to get we're not going to get Devonte Adams. I don't think we're not going to go after a top tier wide receiver. Right. Not that Jarvis Landry is a top tier wide receiver, but if you're just going to draft a bunch of guys and sign a bunch of bottom of the roster people, is it really worth losing Jarvis Landry to get two, maybe three? no name average wide receivers when you can just right. have Jarvis Landry. I'd almost rather have that veteran leadership for 16 million been here for a while than two or three guys that you're going to pay 6 million. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't want to lose Jarvis. I mean, Jarvis has been like, people always accredit Jarvis with the turnaround that we had, the, the locker room change, the, the mentality of the Browns, you know, that, that, the hard, that hard knock season. Whole, he yeah. gave the speech and he said, I forgot, you know, if bless you don't want to play, get the shit. fuck out of here or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I don't want to lose Jarvis either, but I agree. It has to be for the right price. And if he's not going to budge on that, then unfortunately, thanks for everything, Jarvis. Have a great day. Yeah, I agree completely. I think, um, I think Baker uh, probably hurt his stock a little bit more playing this season versus the opposite. I feel like I agree. I feel like he sh like uh, he had better numbers last year. So, I mean, maybe not. But like as far as like his play went, I think it was uh, it looked a little better than playing hurt this year. Yeah, the whole team clicked a lot better last year. And then this year, obviously, injuries. We had a lot of shit. I mean, it was Kevin Stefanski's second year, so maybe he got found out a little bit. That's what a lot of people say. We'll never know the truth, the, the real reason behind the Browns' fit struggles this year. Uh, we just have to hope that next year we go into it with a clean slate, regardless of who's the quarterback, regardless of who's on the team even at any position. Just have to hope you go in with a clean slate and everything works out. Um, Did you hear what Zach Jackson put out today during his interview with Carmen? I heard something he said he thinks we're going to have Jimmy G. Yeah, he thinks yeah. that Baker's pretty much gone and they were bringing Jimmy G. Which makes sense. We'll, we'll get into the uh, the All-Star stuff in a little yeah. bit for the NBA. But one thing I did want to talk about since we're talking Browns, Baker Mayfield wasn't at anything. Diehard basketball fan has been on, on record multiple times saying Kobe Bryant is his idol, his hero. Cleveland's hosting the all-star game. Baker right. Mayfield, nowhere to be found. Miles Garrett, all over the place. Greg Newsome, you see all these young guys. Yeah, Donovan Ward, Peoples yeah. Jones is hosting parties for fuck's sake. Baker Mayfield, nowhere to be found. Still on his uh, social media hiatus. He was at a soccer event. He had to go make sure the kids. Excuse me? You, di you didn't see that? Is that real? I'm dead serious. Look at on Twitter. He was at, I think, yesterday or the day before. I'll look it up. I'd... He was on a soccer event for kids uh, giving speech, giving a speech. 
I'm not shitting you. Well, I mean, good for him. He's playing against people his size finally, so I'm guessing that's why he was there. What do you think about uh, Jared t- chiming in with the uh, Mike Williams or Godwin? I like. I mean, I love Godwin. But, I mean, I don't know if we can I like Godwin, but price. coming off that injury scares me. I don't want to sign a guy that just tore his ACL. Sure, we we learned that the hard way this year with with Odell. Mike Williams, I like, but also he's he's such a deep threat. Unless we get a quarterback that is Can't a deep to him. quarterback, <laughs> like I mean, I, and I'm not even just bashing Baker. Like if we got, if we ended up with Jimmy G. I don't want Mike Williams because yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy G is not G's a deep ball guy either. So more adult version of Baker, basically. Mike Williams is good for a stretched offense. We don't have that here. So I don't know if Mike Williams would be a good fit. Godwin, if he was healthy, I would take him in a heartbeat. But that coming off that injury scares me. He's going to probably take a lot of money. Yeah, he's still going to ask for a top tier price. Imagine paying him the same amount you're paying Jarvis Landry for coming off an ACL, which I mean, you assume Chris Godwin will have more production, but yeah. it's not set in stone. It's, only, it's a I think he's 20, just turned 26 this year, too. Oh, Mike. Uh, Strong words about Baker Mayfield, He's I see. Shit. He's come to the dark side. Jeez. I thought Mike was a – was he not a Baker fan? I thought he was. I don't know. Maybe. Then again, that is Cleveland. I mean, it's all over the place with Baker, honestly. <laughs> Baker does have a decent arm. Um, my only thing is he can only throw it up. He doesn't really know where it's going because he can't see over the line of scrimmage. So that's his problem. He's got to shift between the linemen. Yeah, he's not Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. <laughs> Those guys can actually throw a deep ball. Baker does have a strong arm. I'm not knocking his arm strength. It's just – our offense isn't designed to go deep like that for what, Mike Williams. What's that meme this year? Fuck it, throw it up. Someone to be down there. He did that against the Packers, and that worked out well. <laughs> Four interceptions later. All right, so that's the Brown stuff for this week. Uh, we will be covering the offseason now that the Super Bowl is over. It is my personal favorite time of the year. We have the Combine starting March 1st through the 7th. We have March 8th is the tag deadline for anybody that wants the franchise tag, buddy. We have, I have it all here, March 16th, free agency, as I said in the beginning of the episode, if you're listening now for the first time or just tuning in, we will have a special episode on the 16th. We were supposed to be off that week, but it is the day of free agency. So there will be a free agency special show for all of you guys. We'll be keeping up with everything. Okay, have a lot of news to drop that night. Coming at and nine. it starts at 4 p.m. We'll be coming in at 9.30, and then you assume by then there's going to be – I mean, the contracts are made days in right. advance. Oh, yeah. The, so the we'll, tam- we'll be able to break it all yeah, down. I'm yeah. excited for that. And then, of course, the creme de la creme, the NFL draft. I go to it, my bread and butter, April 28th through the 30th. I'll be there. So we'll be covering all of this shit. We will be breaking stuff down. We'll be doing off-season breakdowns for each team, uh, what each team could be looking for. We do a mock draft every year. We get really involved. I hope you guys are into that kind of stuff. That's one of my favorite things, the mock draft we do. That's fun. And if you're not into that kind of stuff, maybe give it a chance, and maybe you will be. I think it, for me personally, it's really helped me like learn sports by doing the draft preparations and looking at each team. Cause then you learn so much more. Yeah. You go for like a team that you would never pay attention to. Like hypothetically, we'll say the New York giants, when you break down what they need in the off season, then you start to learn other players. It just expands your knowledge. I love it. Consider it a, a class. Have you started That's building a list for. yet of the, uh, the, the college kids kind of a mental note. I keep track of everything. It, it, a lot of it, I have a pretty set early round stuff. It's the later round guys that I, I learned from the combine and the pro days and stuff like right. that. But for the most part, your top 100 is your top 100 for the draft. There's a few guys that are going to come and go, but overall, everything I already know about them, it's, it's set in stone. The combine knows where you start to really see stuff. And again, yep. that starts next week. The first can't wait sticking with the NFL though. We will talk about stuff that has happened already. And that will be Brian Flores. We've talked about him a ton. He was in the news for suing the NFL because of the the racial injustices that he has suffered and the tanking payments that he was offered by Stephen Ross in Miami. I didn't think he would ever get hired again. Lo and behold, the Roonies, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, a fellow black coach, took a chance on his boy. And I 
I like the hire for Pittsburgh, but as a Browns fan, I fucking hate it because oh, their too. defense just got even better. Their defense just got a little smarter, which they are, their defense is already really good. I hate to admit it, but they do have a very good defense. And you just had a, a, a brilliant mind like Brian Flores, who, in my opinion, I think it's an embarrassment that he is hired as an assistant coach right now. Yeah, he it, should be a head coach. There's no question about it. I think, I mean, don't you think that this is kind of a long-term solution too? I mean, they hired him in because they probably think that in the next three, two, three, four years, they're going to slide him into that starting, that that coach position when Tomlin's gone. It's very possible. I mean, Mike Tomlin is still extremely young. So it's really, right. does he really want to go somewhere else or does he just want to keep building? Because their defense is set to be good for another few years. Offensively, even you have Claypool and going into year three, you have right. Najee Harris going into year two, Pat Freyermuth going into year two. You have a lot of young people on that team. Right. Is it possible Tomlin's going to stay there the long term? And it's just, this Could is just be. the Rooney's just showing that you can hire uh, multicultural people and your teams can be fine. I, I they've been doing the, it for years. I do love the fact that the Rooney rule was made because of the Rooney's. And- yeah, because they were like, this is, it's not right that the NFL yeah. doesn't hire enough black right. people. So they started a very great trend and it hasn't really panned out the way it should have. But, <laughs> but I mean, hey, they kudos hired, to them. They I, mean, a good one, though. I hate that they got him. I was really mad when I saw that news. You and I texted about it immediately. Yeah, it's like, I mean, this is crazy to me. I mean, I'm glad he's got a job, though. I think we boasted the last show that we, we assumed this, his career was killed. Was I, I thought so. He was going to be Colin Kaepernick right out of the NFL. Right. And then a team took a chance on him, which is a great thing. And he did admit the other day, which was awesome, uh, I read, he refused to sign the NDNA, yeah, I wrote that the non-disclosure, which was, I thought that was such a powerful, bold move by him. He basically told the Dolphins, go fuck yourselves. I don't want my payout when you fire me because I'm spilling all this shit. I think it just, I think I read a report when I was sitting downstairs that he's ready to start talking and showing. Yeah, they have all uh, the proof. The proof his his, his lawyer said we're ready to get, get it all out there. It's going to get dirty. It really is. And again, more power to him because if that's actually what happened, then the Dolphins deserve to be kind of buried for that, I think. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're going to force the owner to sell the team? I think you're going to have to. I mean, Stephen Ross is no spring chicken. He's getting old anyway, right. so it's probably due. But, yeah, if the NFL finds anything about that, I think they have to. This is like hopefully they come down on him harder than Rob Banford came down on the Astros. But it's similar to that. You're going to have to punish the organization. So I could see draft picks being taken away. I could see, you know, the the selling of the team. A lot of shit's going to happen yeah, to this team. The financial team. And stuff so. I hope doesn't happen. I hope it's all the other stuff that actually will affect that team. The one thing that sucks to think about is Stephen Ross's punishment for trying to tank games is going to be given getting $3 billion, give or take, when he sells the team. Yeah. That's all it is. That's your punishment. Right. Take $3 billion and walk hand, away. Slap in a hand. Here you Poor go. Guy. Thanks. Poor guy. <laughs> but it's an embarrassment to the game, honestly, when you're tanking. I mean, we all know what happens as Browns fans especially. We've seen tanking. We saw the Sashi Brown years. We know that team was not built to win. And I mean, Hugh Jackson tried to claim that he was paid to lose, which technically he was. Oh, but he tried really hard to jump on contract, that train. His normal contract was paying him to lose games because that team sucked. So it is, I think it's it's a black eye for baseball or for football. And But now we get Stephen to play Ross this guy twice a year now with a really good defense, defensive mind. And yes, Brian Flores is a guy that I have praised for years talking about. I loved him as a coach with the Dolphins. Now gets to come and kick my team's ass twice yep. a year. Yep, it's going to happen too. Not going to change. That's always great. Uh, yeah, Jared talks about Drake London, wide receiver out of USC, coming off an injury. He was dominating college football before he got hurt. I mean, he was putting up numbers that kept him in like the top ten in certain categories, even after missing most of the season after the injury. So great, great player. I would love him at thirteen uh, if we can get him. I mean, me personally, I, I've seen the end of Baker Mayfield. For me, I have no interest in keeping him in Cleveland. I think I have seen enough. Mm-hmm. And 
adding Drake London would be fantastic, but I still would like a different quarterback. I, I, I just hope that, like, I think we talked about this multiple times, that they're going to make a change from Baker. I need to do it soon. I mean, oh, you're good, Tim. You, you can leave that up. Pull, pull the pull the <laughs> pull the plug, get it over with, move on. Let's rip the bandaid off. Let's just get past it and and get on to our new quarterback or whatever the path's going to be. Just don't drag this out because I can't deal with the next two or three months of just is it Baker, is it not Baker, and, and just shit like that. Yeah, I got burned out by listening to every day when the Brown season ended. Yeah, every day on Sports Talk Radio in Cleveland, it was just Baker talk. Yeah. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, enough is enough. We we've I've seen enough. I trust Andrew Barry in the front office. I think we've seen enough writing on the wall with the with the cryptic things from Baker, the teammates calling players out or coaches and calling Baker out. Basically uh, the, the division in the locker room. I don't need all this offseason drama. Just let, let me get to free agency. Let me get to where the trading deadline or, or right. trading window opens up, start making moves. Let's go for it. Uh, but I don't need to dwell on it every day and just start going over scenarios of what I think might happen. I, I, I assume their minds already that. made. I just hope they just pull the trigger. Andrew Barry strikes me as the kind of guy that's always two days ahead. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's, he's planning for the future before he even wakes up. So I trust him. Speaking of people that need to just get over some shit, pull some band-aids off and get <laughs> be done with it. Major league baseball. They are still in a lockout. They are still butting heads. They still cannot even come close to an agreement. The meetings lately have lasted upwards of maybe two minutes like they're in and out of the rooms together there is no progress it's not looking good they've already set the date february 22nd if they can't come up to an with an agreement on the new cba 28th i think is that what i said yeah you said 22nd oh my bad That's february 28th 28th yeah uh they need to come up with an agreement and or the season's going to be delayed and that happened last week the, the cleveland guardians put out their opening day tickets i clicked it Kind of steep, not gonna lie. Tickets start at fifty dollars. So your cheapest nosebleed seat for an Indian for the Guardians opening day, fifty bucks. Jesus. And that's before fees. So after fees, it ends up being like I think it was $130 or something like that. And there and there's March 31st is opening day, right? Yeah. So you're gonna be standing out in the cold, more than likely, possibly snow, maybe sixty bucks, bare minimum, one person to go down there. Yeah, they'll have the it's same a little high for they me. always have. And when it went on pre-sale, I, I looked at it and I was not interested in spending that kind of money. So I let it go. And I mean, the tickets were there for days. I don't think it's sold out yet even. So no one's really interested in going. The other thing too, is I didn't want to buy tickets because I doubt the season starts that day. Right. And I don't want to buy tickets and be involved with the whole, the game was postponed. So you have to contact customer service. We and can get you in contact with this person. And, yeah. yeah. Here's opening day. Do this, do that. I'm not interested in all that. So I, I didn't bother, but major league baseball has a lot of shit they need to get rid of or to figure out because. They are uh, what, they're in a pickle right what's now. What's funny to me is, and I screenshotted, have you seen some of the stuff that they're asking for? Not a ton of it. I mean, I, I keep up with I mean, like some crazy. of it. It's not crazy. I mean, but I mean, it's like, I guess some of the bigger things is like, they're just asking for the salaries to be increased. Sure. They're looking for the arbitration people to have, get more, get more money yeah. to increase that pool. Um, and then some of the other ones too, is like, it's, it's just, they're asking for a lot basically. And then the owners are like, Oh no, no, no. We're going to go half of what you're asking right. for. And then now the owners are like, well, can we get someone in the middle to be like a negotiator and the players union saying, absolutely not. Right. And so they're just coming in and having like a yes, no, yes, no conversation. And it's, and over. it's, it's over. In 10 I don't think it's going to change. And no, I, so far they yeah. are, they're being very stubborn and they're, they're standing their ground. And I agree with them because. In, in terms of the arbitration, basically, if you become a major league baseball player, you you aren't able to get a, a next your, your next big contract until you've been in the league for like 10 years or something like that. Yeah. It, it takes a long time to hit that. There are players that have to go to arbitration that should be making, you know, tens of millions of dollars. But because of arbitration, they're getting peanuts in major league baseball terms. Again, 
in in common man terms, they're making a killing. It's great. Yeah. But in baseball terms, they're getting a slap in the face. So they do need to figure this out because I do agree with that. It, it's not fair. And then a lot of times when a player is no longer arbitration eligible, teams just won't sign them because they'll just go with a cheaper option. Right. So it's almost like they're they're forcing the owners to have to keep some talented players instead of just going, ah, fuck it, we're going cheaper. I haven't seen the one thing that we've talked about in the past is about raising the uh, the salary per team. Um, you know what I mean? The base, the minimum, mm-hmm. and making a team have to spend an X amount of money. I know it's not probably in here. Yeah, no, I, that was something they were talking about in, like before the season. But I wish ended. they yeah. would do that, though, yeah. because it would make teams like the Guardians have to actually yeah, have to. put some money out there to bring some talent in and make our team actually worth watching sometimes. Yeah, it's teams like like Cleveland, for instance. It's Tampa, teams like Tampa Bay, I think. Tampa Bay, surprisingly, they spend some money now. I mean, they've actually been very consistently good, so yeah. they're okay. It's teams like the Pirates. Oh, yeah, Pirate. They're one that just they don't spend any money. They don't put any effort into the future. Uh, or into the into the current day, all their stuff is in the future. It's prospects, cheap guys, and that's how the Indians are. So, you know, Major League Baseball has to figure some shit out. Uh, I, I'm a huge baseball fan, so it's it's kind of painful right now. Spring training would be going on. I, I love yeah, pitchers and catchers are supposed to like report like a week week ago, two yeah, weeks ago. There's nothing better than watching baseball in Arizona or Florida, wherever your team is playing spring training. When you come home from work and it's a snowy, cold day in Cleveland, right? I like watching that. It gets me excited for the spring coming up and for for baseball. And of course, a strike is probably going to delay all that for a long time. And that's a bummer. At least to our advantage, at least the opening day will be warm possibly now. Possibly, <laughs> but in a shortened season, that's what's going to hurt us. I mean, I want as much baseball as possible. Well, no, this could work in the Indians' favor. I'm sorry. the Gar- yeah, well, I'm How dare fine. you? The Guardians' favor. We, we might be able to uh, get out to an early lead in the Central and then maybe coast into the playoffs in a shortened season. It's very possible, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> all right. Well. Let's talk about the slap heard around the world, ladies and gentlemen. We had a video, but uh, YouTube restricted us from playing us, those bastards. We are, of course, talking about Juwan Howard, head coach of Michigan. I'm sure you guys all saw it out there. He bitch slapped the fuck out of that assistant coach for Wisconsin the other day. Touched him. Kind of touched him. <laughs> yeah. He kind of wanted the right person. I I mean, I think I saw that he was aiming, but he hit the wrong. I think he was trying to hit the head coach, but his hands are so goddamn big. Yeah, he's like 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 someone. So what happened was Juwan Howard is, of course, of course, the head coach of Michigan basketball. He was playing Wisconsin. They were losing by like 15. I think they're asking. Yeah, Yeah, they were down by like 15, you know, minutes ago, whatever. Wisconsin puts their um, backups in. Michigan leaves their starters in. Yeah. So Michigan, Juwan Howard's a prick, it seems like. Press. And he's like, fuck it, press defense. So the backups on Wisconsin didn't really know what to do. They were kind of panicking. So the head coach, uh, Greg Gard for Wisconsin, calls a timeout. He's like, I want to get my team regrouped. We're going to move the ball a little bit. And next thing you know, you know, they inbound the ball, whatever, they end the game. But because he called that timeout, Juwan Howard took it as a huge, he was very offended by it. As well, if it was a direct slap in the face to him. Well, they also got they also the other part of that too is that he was down to I think like six or seven seconds. I'm sorry, three or four seconds. And then the he called the timeout. And then the referee reminded the coach from Wisconsin, "Hey, you get a ten seconds back. Like you're basically reset the clock. Yeah, back to ten seconds." And that's where I think Howard's like, "Fuck this." Yeah, like just end this game already. <laughs> yeah. He was pissed off. <laughs> so then they get into the end of the game. You know, the clock strikes zero. They all go to shake hands, whatever. And it looked like there was a little bit more back and forth talking. Uh, Mike, I talk about Michigan. Let's talk, you know, let's do it. I I don't care here. I didn't go to Ohio State, so it doesn't bother me to talk about Michigan, and especially basketball. Is that even a rivalry, Michigan-Ohio State basketball? Does anybody give a shit about that? I mean, they're both decent basketball teams, but no Sure, sure, sure. But uh, definitely not as big as a football. 
No. Yeah, no, not at all. I didn't even think that the people cared about that. But again, I'm not an Ohio State guy. I didn't go to Ohio State. I watched their games, but I don't give a fuck. I'm not some diehard Buckeye guy. Even when it comes to rivalries, the Michigan Ohio State when it comes to basketball is not not as big. Yeah, it? no, I'm, I, I look more at like Duke North Carolina. That's 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 a good rivalry for basketball. Right. Absolutely. But uh, but yeah, so so Jawan Howard in the at the end of the game, there was a little bit of a scuffle, and he smacked the shit out of. The assistant coach, I got his name, I forgot it. Joe Krabenhoff, whoever the fuck that is. It's yeah, a, they, it's a great last name. The gloves came off, and Juwan Howard smacked the taste out of his mouth. And then, well, he first tried to not even shake hands. Right? You know, he was pissed. He was definitely irritated. He tried to grab, not acknowledge. Did him. someone grab Juwan Howard? Like yeah, the coach did to like explain. Yeah, you like, want to. You want to be a little bit of a better sport than that as the head coach. When yeah, you're, when sure. you're working with young kids and you're trying to mold them into decent adults. Yeah, kind of want to set a better example than that. So. I agree with that. You want to turn around, shake hands, at least look civil on TV. If you have something to talk about, and then talk get shit his number, about him. talk, talk shit about it in the interview afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run your mouth to your team when the doors are closed. That's fine. But he, he's been suspended for the rest of the regular season, which a lot of people are asking, does that mean when the tournament starts, he'll be the head coach? Yes. He'll be back? Yeah. Which I assume, yeah, that, that's why they worded it that way specifically. I mean, they did, they took their sweet-ass time, though, giving him a punishment, though. It took a while. There were a lot of people that thought nothing's even going to happen to him. I honestly thought it'd be like that same night, like Sunday, they would have been boom. I think suspended. they had to really kind of figure out what to do because, uh, obviously, as soon as it happened, there were people that blew right off the handle and immediately were going, he needs to be fired. You know, there's no room for this in basketball, blah, right. blah, blah. But if you fired any athlete for getting into a fight, half the league wouldn't exist. Sure. Players fight all the time, and we don't we don't punish them for that. So I think coaches agreed. I mean, you should set an example. But if he hit a player, that's a different story. Fighting the other coach, I just think that's good old-fashioned American yeah, It was fun. just one slap. It's okay. Yeah, it's not it's, that big It was a, a love tap. You know, hey, like, I respect you. Take this. Take my Bruce hand. Bruce Arians hitting his player on the Buccaneers I thought was a little out of line. Hitting the Hitting the player. Hitting the other coach, yeah, that, I think your team respects that, that a little bit more. That guy at least more. had a helmet on, though. He could have taken the he could have taken the hit a little bit better. Bruce Arians has some big old paws. If you've ever seen his hands, <laughs> he's got some big old hands. <laughs> so you agree with the five game suspension? Do you? I mean, should have been through the whole tournament. I mean, you just go five games. Uh, yeah, I think it should be the rest of the year. They should have made a little. Yeah, he did. I, I see a lot of comments about that, and they're all saying that Juwan Howard's just triggered by timeouts. It really gets him. <laughs> Howard should have slept Chris Webber for his timeout. Yeah, yeah, that's back in the true. Michigan days, back the Fab day. Five, that was classic. Howard's just triggered by timeouts in general, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. There it is. I just thought he brought back memories from that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Juwan Howard. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, you slap a coach with this late into the season. Michigan's not that good this year. I think you could have just done the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, they, they blew done, the lure last year. Now this year, there's, they're they not should have just done the rest of the season, tournament included, suspended, yeah. come back next year, clean slate. Now the talk of the tournament is going to be Juwan Howard coming back. And I think it could make for even more hostile environments for people because that's all anyone's going to want to talk about is this coach that just hit the other coach, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. Now the handshake lines can be the most watched thing in any Michigan 100%, game. Like I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> I mean, there won't be many of them because I assume Michigan gets bounced in the first round. So right. <laughs> it's going to be a quick exit for them. But if he goes out swinging, I'm okay with it again, honestly. It was good TV. <laughs> you already watching that video was it back in I don't know, a long time ago, that kid going through the 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 handshake line where the kid and just, he hit the guy in the balls. No, no, no. This kid like came in and like just flat out knocked the dude out. Oh, like, was it like a high school? As game a high school. Okay, yeah, I like, saw that one. You see the kid like winding up as he's getting closer, and all of a sudden just lays this kid out with one punch. See, I'd like to know more. Let's get the context. What really happened <laughs> to lead up to that? Maybe there was a reason behind that. I don't. I don't want to just go in thinking this guy's a bad guy. Sure, Something maybe probably, probably had a reason for it. Absolutely. All right, sticking with basketball, we're going to move over to the pros. The NBA All-Star Weekend was here. Cleveland represent. Came and went in a flash. It wasn't Cleveland. I think Cleveland, first and foremost, did a fucking beautiful job. Yeah. They turned the city around. It looked beautiful. I happened to go down for the Rising Stars game, which I was talking to Dave. 
Shout out to Dave, uh, LLC, Red, Redline LLC founder. He, uh, he and I were talking because he was actually there too. He asked me about the, the Rising Stars Challenge play tournament, like tournament they had. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I personally loved it. I thought it was really fun. I, I looked at it as like, I essentially get to see a future all-star game because a lot of these guys are going to be consistent all-stars, I think. I think right. you have Evan Mobley, who will be an all-star. You have Cade Cunningham, who will probably be an all-star. Uh, you have LaMelo Ball, who is an all-star. These young guys, I got to see them all play basically pickup games, but they did try. It was really fun. It was just awesome to see all this talent on the court and just seeing these guys put on a fun show and actually play for something that kind of meant something. Well, that's the challenge every year for for the NBA, or well, it was at least, is getting people to care about it, like to get people to invest in what they're watching and actually get the players to care about playing the basketball you know because yeah the basketball game because in the past it was just more of a just oh how many dunks can we get in a game how many uh yeah how many times can i throw the ball up for three but people actually were invested in winning a game which i i like the, the format 100 i, I mean, hope it sticks like that going forward too. that's why i used to love the major league baseball all-star game used to be my favorite one because it meant something winner got home field advantage right. for the world series i loved that i thought that was so cool the players went out there and actually tried Every other sport, it's a joke. I mean, we talked about the Pro Bowl last episode briefly because that's a fucking joke too. And oh, then God, the Pro Bowl was horrible. You have the NBA All Star Game, which is cool to see the talent because the NBA All Star Game, you only have ten guys on the court at once. Right. So at any given time, you have ten of the greatest basketball players in the world on the court at the same time, just playing a scrimmage game. It's fun. Baseball can get a little cloudy because you have nine guys out there. Some guys you're just there because they need to. They need to represent a team. So yeah. you're like, I don't even know who this is. You don't really care. Uh, the Pro Bowl, especially, nobody cares about that. That's just a joke. They're not even trying. It's like it's like watching a glorified walkthrough practice. I still so, think the the home run derby out of all of the professional sports is the most fun to watch. Oh, no question about it. In terms of any, of agree. Yeah, any, yeah, anything they put out, I think that's the most fun to watch. Second, um, to me, is just a three, is a three-point contest. Yeah, the Saturday night special, though. So the Rising Stars stuff was awesome. Shout out to the NBA for that. That was really fun. I was down there. Uh, the celebrity all-star game. That's a joke. Let's start this rising stars thing a little fucking earlier. I'm getting old here. I'll be 33 <laughs> next month. What time did you get out of there? It went from nine to midnight in the queue. <laughs> then I had to take the fucking rap at home. I'm sitting there. No, no bullshit. I'm talking to a drunk crackhead on the bus. Who's just got done sleeping. Nice. He was literally had a can of old English that fell over in his lap. He's passed out. People are fucking looking at him. And then this one guy who's about to get off at his stop thinks it'll be funny to wake him up. Get them all stirred up, and that guy gets off the fucking train because he's home. fucking asshole. And the bum stays on there, and he's looking around at everybody, and he's trying to have conversations, and he's looking at me, and I'm just keeping my fucking head down, trying not to make eye contact. At least he had a a quality alcohol beverage. I mean, Old English is nothing. Well, he didn't have it because he dumped half the fucking thing on the ground. (laughs) I was looking over like, man, what a waste. That dude spent his last dollar on that OE can, and it's just (laughs) dumping around on the fucking ground. So I felt bad. I I wish he would have woke up and grabbed it. but. So, yeah, I, I didn't get out of there till midnight. I didn't get home till 1 o'clock, which, I mean, it's fine. It's a Friday night, but still, let's end that shit a little early. And then Saturday, Saturday was fucking, it was a hit or miss because you had the beginning with the skills competition between the Antetokounmpo's, the rookies, and the Cavs. That was awesome. The it, Cavs showed up. The Cavs were fucking awesome. Darius Garland put on a show. And then you go to the three-point contest equally impressive just not as great of names i mean cat was on fire i mean he was yeah i mean who saw that coming honestly i, I didn't see that coming i didn't all. even realize he was that great of a three-point shooter I mean, to he was honest. draining those fucking three when i saw him as a contestant i'm like all right that's that's just a nice thing the nba's doing for him like i'm throwing him a bone <laughs> this doesn't mean anything and then he fucking wins it but yeah i mean the three-point contest is always fun it's competitive it's great uh i just wish they could get some better names in it right 
because as as Mike said here, Curry is the best shooter in the NBA. Uh, no question. Just Steph Curry is an amazing shooter. It, so it'd like, be kind of boring though if Curry got into it. Because well, no, not even him. I just mean like if yeah. you even put like just any Curry's of the brother. Three we put Curry's shooter. brother in there. Seth Curry's a good three pointer. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been nice to get Clay Thompson in three point contests. He just came back from his injury. I'm sure he would have been able to do it. That would have been interesting to see him do it. Right. Yeah, it'd be um, kind of cool to bring some bring some older people in too, like people maybe like recently retired people. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, they could. I'm sure they could fit in that. But, but there's the other so many thing other too, things though, they could do to make make it more fan entertainment. I wonder know? if it's more of like a liability thing. Like, do you want to bring a retired guy who's a little bit of out of NBA shape, and then if I would, happens, I would God love forbid, to. I would love to watch Reggie Miller hit threes. So. I mean, yeah, let me see Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Ray Allen in a three point competition now. Absolutely, I'd watch that. Sure, absolutely, it's worth watching. And then Shaq and Charles Barkley. I would like to watch them in a three point competition. <laughs> also, I want to see just a first to three one on one. I'd like to see just the first one that doesn't fall over from being out of shape. Um, and yet, Adam, I think it was Adam who said it. Uh, the dunk competition was fucking terrible. I, I agree with that. That was that was embarrassing. Uh, the NBA really needs to figure something out with that because every year it gets worse and worse. I mean, you see these guys that are stuck there, like Shaq, the people on the judging panel. You could tell that they're bored out of their fucking minds. Oh, the amount of memes I saw come out this week of after just that how was just like they're asleep. fighting to stay awake, and yeah. it's like it was just it was bad. I remember I'm watching it. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. And they have such weird rules with like some of Jalen Green's attempts didn't count as an attempt because the ball didn't touch the rim, or like he didn't actually try the dunk because he dropped the ball. It's like I look at it as if you jump off the ground, yeah. that's an attempt. That's how they should count sure. it. You get three strikes, you're out. Make it quick. This shit drags on for so long. It's embarrassing. So with my point, when I mentioned that I bring in like retired people out to shoot shoot threes, I think for the, 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 the dunk contest, they should do what they did years ago and bring like an athlete from um, a different um, major league sport. Hell, throw Miles Garrett in there for fun. You know, I get he'd probably be creative, but back in the day, they had someone where like Deion Sanders performed in a dunk contest. They yeah. had other, other athletes from other sports do it. I mean, it'd be cool to bring a baseball guy in, a football guy in, a soccer guy in, I guess, if they can dunk. Um, and just, mm. just I don't know, just bring more people to watch it because I'd watch a dunk contest that had Miles Garrett in and just see what happens. Yes and no. I mean, as you said, the, their dunks it's aren't really creative. Anymore. So it's, it's like boring. I watched Miles Garrett dunk like 10 times in the, all, in the celebrity game on Friday night. So it's like, do you really want to watch him just dunk on Saturday? Like, I mean, you can't be, do... I, there's no dunk that has not been done yet. Right. That's why I think they kind of at this point need to just get rid of the dunk contest. I hate right. to say it, but there's just nothing else they can do with it. It's, Unless you're going to dunk over two Kia cars, everything's been Yeah, done. it's done. It's surpassed everything it can do. There's nothing left for the dunk contest. Right. Yeah, it's just I, at this point, it's just who can jump from the free, uh, the free throw line? Who can do the under the legs, behind the back? And even dunks? then, all I mean, of those things have been done pretty right. much. Like yeah. guys can do that in a game now. Half the dunks you see in a game are better than ones you see at the they dunk contest. They should make the three-point contest the ending of Saturday night. I agree. They and don't they should end it. move the dunk. Well, at the same time, I do think it's nice of them to do it that way because you get all charged up when you start the beginning of it. You have the skills competition, gets the blood pumping a little bit. You have the three-point competition, which is awesome, gets you excited. And then when you need to come down and you need to help falling asleep on a Saturday night, they have the dunk <laughs> contest, and everybody just passes out because it's a fucking snooze contest. I can't remember as, the, last time, we the last time it was worth watching a dunk contest. Uh, off the top of my head, no. I mean, honestly, was it Blake Griffin jumping over the car? No, yeah. I would say the Zach, uh, Zach Levine, and uh, yeah, Zach Levine a few years ago. And um, what was his name? That, uh, did he jump over a mascot, or was that the one where he grabbed over? Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. That yeah. was a good one. That was a few years ago, right? Okay. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That was a good one. So that one, and then like those are the ones I can really think of off the top of my head that had any memorable moments. And then I think of ones for bad experiences, like Chris Birdman Anderson. When he was out there for like 45 minutes, it felt like and just couldn't get a dunk in and it was just embarrassing. And he kept trying, kept trying. 
And the, the years of Dwight Howard overdoing the Superman dunk. Yeah, but in his defense, <laughs> the dude's got hops. I mean, he was up there like touching the top of the backboards yeah. and shit, and, like dunked on an eleven foot hoop. That was cool. That was innovative. Something different. Sure. These new guys are just trying to bounce it off shit. Catch. I it, didn't flip see it. Obi Toppin's winning dunk. What was it? I don't honestly. I don't even remember to be honest. I don't <laughs> even think it was anything special. <laughs> Javale McGee dunking with two uh, two two hoops. Yeah, that, that was, was something different. Like at least some of the guys were creative. Nowadays, these guys don't do shit. It's just it's literally they throw a ball and hope to catch it. You could tell they maybe practiced it a couple times at at, at on their own time and maybe it worked one out of a hundred and they're like, all right, I'm going for it. Yeah. Like who has that con- kind of confidence in, in themselves to do that? I wouldn't No. And obviously they don't have it mastered because they go out there on the big stage and they fuck it up for the net for 20 minutes straight. Well, I hope that just how bad this was received that the NBA maybe shakes it up a little bit next year. I hope so. Cause it was embarrassing. And then we moved to Sunday, which was of course the all-star game uh, played for nothing. I mean, it's just a fun game and it's an exhibition, as I said, to see, some of the best players in the world playing together. LeBron James, though. I mean, this was a cool year. This was a, a, a different year because you had the top 75 players. They did all that. LeBron James hit the game ceiling shot in Cleveland. Go figure. What a great moment for him, I think. I'm, I'm sure you love that. Um, it was kind of funny if you watched it when they, when they named off some of the players. LeBron looked a little hesitant. A little skittish of like what his oh he thought they the would re- receive him, <laughs> and he got a huge ovation. I think everybody loves the guy. He brought us a championship. I love him. So How about that Steph Curry boo though when he got introduced, he deserved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually wish it was more. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, just real quick on Steph Curry, man, that the, the no look threes, deep threes he was hitting. I'm sorry, but that's just amazing. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, he's he was he's, already halfway down the court before the ball even went into the damn the ball. way that guy can shoot is something we'll never see again. No, and that's like there was a picture with Michael Jordan and LeBron hugging. Or like a little video clip, whatever it was, I retweeted it, and I was just like, you know, for the, for all the arguments people get in over LeBron and Michael Jordan, I hope that the people that were old enough to watch both of them just appreciated that they got to see them because, oh yeah, I really don't think we'll ever see players that good again. What Steph Curry does as a shooter, phenomenal, but overall, LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I think, no question, are the top two players, whatever order you want to put them in, no debate, they're one and two. In I mean, my opinion, you can get lost on YouTube with Jordan highlights and then even LeBron highlights. I mean, there's so many LeBron when you go back and watch highlights. I, I took it for granted because I'm from Cleveland. So right. watching LeBron James play was a nightly occurrence for me because I just have this You're channel just used to it yeah. for somebody around the world. If you only got a couple of Cavs games a year, you didn't get to see a lot of LeBron. I don't think you realized how fucking great he was from day one. Yeah. A lot of times these young guys come in and you're like, hey, he's got to work on this, got to work on that. LeBron did. He needed to work on shit, but everything he was good at, he excelled at mm-hmm. and then worked on his flaws in the offseason and just got better and there better There would not be a more hyped guy coming out of, well, no high school, but I get it, but coming into the NBA their first year, there's not going to be a more hyped guy they, for a very long time. They tried that with Zion, and that backfired tremendously. I mean, look at him. The guy Twinkies can, backfired tremendously with this guy. Well, they don't backfire. They go right down, and they stay. He is... It's a shame. Him I mean, and fifty have the same workout plan. They really, yeah, yeah. Zion Williamson is is fifty's personal trainer. <laughs> and it showed at the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I feel bad for Zion. I mean, I was excited for him to come into the league because of all that hype. And that's the yeah. problem is they overhype these young athletes, and they come into the league, and they can't live up to these expectations because either a, who knows what's going on with Zion? That's obviously that seems to me like there's something deeper going on than I think he want. There's rumors of him want, wanting out. Trade. Yeah, there's it rumors or that he's, like he's that. not. He doesn't talk to the team. He he's obviously putting putting on weight. He's not sticking to his diet. He's struggling with stuff like that. So that to me, that shows that there's like a maybe a mental issue going on with him. Right. And who knows? But it, it's just a shame that he was put on such a high pedestal. And he looked good when he played. And his what his injuries? What ankle? Right. It's all foot related, Is and that's something odd? where yeah he jumps for a living and he's adding weight to it. Your was, feet don't heal because didn't of that. He have that issue before he even got drafted. 
Or was that a knee issue he had before? I think he, he had that? a knee issue, if I'm not mistaken. The only foot thing I can think of is when his shoe blew up at Duke, and then he switched <laughs> shoes at halftime or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing like those fucking. Uh, but still, the amount of time and money they looked like the the uh, Lamar Lavar Ball shoes. I <laughs> <laughs> got it from Kmart. Big Baller brand shoes, and they blew up on him. They looked like it. But yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, he's had that knee injury. Now he has his ankle. They have so much time and money invested in him, and it's like he's just sitting there. A couch potato right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he's just wasting away. And, 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 and the he, Pelicans, has, he has a talent. I mean, he is a talent. The Pelicans but... are making some moves. They just got CJ McCollum. They're trying to add some players to yeah. that team, but you're missing your core piece in Zion, and that's a huge thing. So uh, I think right now we are going to go with go to our break. Yep. And again, I said it earlier, we haven't gotten one yet, but who wants to be our first caller? Somebody do it. Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning Service LLC Hotline, 440-444-7251. We're going to head to a quick break. We're going to read some ads. We're going to come back, and we are going to finish up this awesome show. See you in a little bit. All right, everybody. As you see on the screen there, we have some great shows upcoming this week, and that's the schedule for you. i got a few more to talk about that might not be up there. They might be up there. I didn't actually really look. But we do want to welcome. Oops. Is Michael Jordan coming out? <laughs> I thought so. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> But I want to welcome, it's really funny out there with Kevin Kwan. Sundays, 5 to 6.55. Check him out on Redline Radio. We also have Talk Sweet with Honey Badger, 11 a.m. to noon on Tuesdays. We have 4th and 15 with Melon Smooth. That debuts February 27th, so don't forget to miss that. That's Saturday at 2 to 4. Check all that shit out. And then, of course, talking about balls every other Wednesday, 9.30 to 11. You don't want to miss us. We got to talk about the. We got to mention the the NASCAR uh, show they have now called Crank It Up. Um, I believe it's shown out of this studio, right, Tim? Yeah. Um, from the Growing Wings Adult Service Studio, the NASCAR Crank It Up on Sundays, or uh, Mondays, eight thirty p.m. eight thirty p.m. to ten p.m. And that's with Lee, Dave, and I believe isn't Chipper on that one too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> cars that go left. <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch people talk about cars going in a circle. Nothing. Zoom, zoom. Nothing more exciting. Uh, Redline Radio will be represented well at the Piston Power Show April 1st through April 3rd. Cannot wait for that. Your boys here will be there April 2nd, Saturday morning. We're starting the day off at 10 a.m. Talking about balls with guest Dan Romer. We also were going to have Talking Asphalt Racing Live right after us with Dynamite Dave. We have Broad Street South on that same Saturday with Angel Martinez, Martinez and Mike Fuji. Tim Buck Tuesdays on a Saturday. Any day that ends in Y, Tim might be ready to roll, and he's going to be ready on Saturday night, 8 to 9 p.m. That's our very own producer, Tim. And then Sunday, a couple shows also. Gary Wenner Show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. He'll be rocking at the Piston Power Show. We can't wait. We're looking forward to it. Uh, who let us in today, continuing to serve. They're going to be there a couple times, but they're, they're, they're ending the week, Sunday, 4 to 6 p.m., with Jeff and Chris. They're going to end it. They have guests all weekend. I mean, the list is endless. they got a lot of people. You don't want to miss that at all. It's going to be a fun weekend, I think. Um, but our, our, we have to mention our executive producer, Tim, Tim Buck, too. Yes, over congratulations. Here. Congratulations, for him. I appreciate it. I just want to thank my mom. Absolutely. <laughs> having unprotected sex and having me. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being a reckless mom. That slides right into this next, uh, <laughs> this next talk here about being clean, Tim. Um, you're not clean unless you're crystal clean. Uh, crystal clean cleaning services. Give Crystal a call today at 440-506-1355 to schedule your appointment today. And if you mention Redline Radio, you will receive an extra 10% off your cleaning. 
We wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for Growing Wings Adult Services. They're the official sponsor of the state of art state of the art studio number two that we're in right now. Growing Wings Adult Services has five years of experience of taking care of adults with disabilities. For more information, call Lisa, 234-334-7547. Without them, we wouldn't be here right now. So can't thank them enough. Absolutely. We love you, Lisa. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Lisa. And I came in today and noticed that everyone except us is wearing all this cool redline gear. And I, I find out that if you want a red, some redline gear or if you want anything else that's a keepsake, incredible keepsakes, uh, give Diane a call over at 440-242-9648 or go to their website at www.incrediblekeepsakes.com. And as Diane, Diane would say, cherished moments are made to last forever. Forever. That, made, that that turned me on, man. It's a nice echo that. we had. Now, Dave, Dynamite Dave's going to Vegas in a few days. He'll be there for a week. I'm sure he's going to the Rusty Spurs Saloon. He's told me all about it. I'm going to be going to Vegas for the first time when I go to the NFL Draft ne- uh, in April in a couple of months, and I will be stepping into the Rusty Spurs Saloon for sure. They're located in Las Vegas, Nevada. They've been voted the biggest hole-in-the-wall saloon for the last two years. And if you know me, I fucking love a hole-in-the-wall bar. So I'll be checking out the Rusty Spur, no question at, no questions asked. Hopefully they have Miller Highlight for you to buy while you're there. Um, well, while they're there, hopefully they have some good music playing. But this Redline Radio has the official music of Redline Radio. The band is Bad Juju. Uh, they are official band of Redline Radio. Give Dan a call today to book your show at 440-225-0511. You know, Adam in the comments just mentioned before we went to break that Zion Williamson card collectors are probably pissed oh, about yeah. how his career's played out. And I agree. I'm a huge card collector. As I, I mentioned before on the show plenty of times, I actually did a card break a few weeks ago and I hit my first card that is called a one of one. That was a hell of a break there. Which means it's an original one of one. There are none other like it. It's it's by itself. Wish it was a better player. Happens to be a guy that went to Michigan, quitty pay, but what are you gonna do? However, <laughs> speaking of one of one. There's a card shop in Strongsville, uh, one of one sports cards and memorabilia located at 13221 Prospect Road. Call them today, 440-638-4044. They have everything. Every team, every city, check them out. They have it all. Go there. Mention my name. They're going to look at you and go, who the fuck is that? Because I've actually never talked to them. But just mention my name anyway. I think that's funny. Oh, your, your name carries away. Okay. Yeah. So just go in and say, JG sent me. And they'll go, who the fuck is JG? But here's but 10%. Maybe one minutes. day they'll know what that, what that means. We'll hope. Hope for the best. And of course, uh, if you are interested in advertising on the station, please get a hold of Dave. 440-503-0828. Yeah, Dave is the man behind Redline Radio LLC. So if you want to follow anything Redline LLC related, check it out. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's all out there and download the app, Redline Radio LLC. Check it out. We'll be back in a minute.
All right, everybody, we are back. A lot happened the day after, of course. Go figure, the day after we did our last episode, the NBA trade deadline officially came to a conclusion. Lo and behold, blockbuster trade. Yeah. Ben Simmons huge. traded for James Harden. As we all kind of suspected was coming, we just weren't sure that each team was going to be able to agree on terms. They were able to do it. They came to an agreement, at which sent. And this seems crazy to me that Philadelphia gave up more to get rid of Ben Simmons, who's the younger player, right? possibly the better franchise guy to build around because James Harden is now going to his third team in as many years. And he's not getting any younger. He's not getting younger, and he doesn't seem to be the same player that he used no. to be in his MVP form. So it's kind of scary to think that Ben Simmons was such a problem that Philadelphia was ready, to, willing to give up so much just to not have him on their team anymore. Because that entire drama was just mind-boggling to me. It's weird because they held on to him for so long, and they they made such a stink about how they wanted to get so much back for him, right. and then they ended up not getting as much in return. I mean, don't get me wrong, getting James Harden, there's no, never anything wrong with that. Sure, but you you give up James Harden and Paul Millsap. That's it. You get Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, two first-round picks that are like. The one is unprotected, but you can transfer it to 2023 if you want. The other one is a top eight protection that if it falls in the out of the top eight or in the top eight, it becomes two second round picks and like two million dollars cash. So the fucking uh, the the Nets are making out like bandits on this one. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, aside from the picks and aside from getting Simmons, who I think is going to be a great fit for that team. I do, too. The guy is a really good passer, and you're going on a team that has a ton of shooters. Getting Seth Curry, not Seth Curry, but yeah, sorry, yeah, Seth, Seth Curry yeah, out Seth. of that. Um, I almost said Steph Curry. But getting Curry out of that deal, too, is is amazing for, for that team because he's a hell of a shooter. He's not his brother, but he's a hell of a shooter. That's, that's he really a, is, I think surprisingly. A steal. That's a steal to get, to get him in that, in that trade, too. 
yeah, he, he was one of those guys that he he's bounced around the league a little bit. And he's gotten better as a shooter, but all of a sudden lately, he's just the last couple of years, he's been one of the best three point shooters, just like his brother. And I mean, it's that's crazy. crazy that he was packaging that deal. Yeah. And, and, the, and the first round picks. And then of course, whatever. And then, yeah, Drummond, I mean, Drummond, I think was just a throw in. I don't think he's going to make much of a factor. It doesn't hurt to have size in the NBA, but the way the nets play, he's not really going to, no, he'll a, come in and kill minutes at the end yeah, of the that's, game. That's really all anything, it's for, so. but I mean, what, what a great trade I think for the nets really, Nets win this trade, I think. Easily. If you have a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Durant, and then you throw in Ben Simmons, I think they're in really good shape. Which James Harden's a good basketball player, but as we said, he's not getting younger. Right. And very I think ball he's, dominant guy too. He is. He's kind of shown, uh, it, from from my perspective, he's shown that he doesn't have it anymore, in my opinion. And going to a team like Philadelphia could be a great situation for him. You never know. Right. But I'm just more baffled by how much the Sixers gave up to get rid of Ben Simmons. That to me, it reminds yeah, me of the, such a toss, toss it's like the, the time the Browns traded for Brock Osweiler and it got us a second round pick from the Texans. Cause they just wanted to get rid of that guy. Right. That was a huge trade for us. Absolutely. We like stole that, that one. Too. It shows you when a team just wants to get a guy off the roster, they'll they're willing to do anything, but it's just weird that, I mean, getting James Harden is a good get for Philadelphia, but you mean to tell me they couldn't have gotten a better player for that kind of package? It's a good get, but he hasn't played yet, has he? He he, he played a little bit this Did year. He? He's he's okay. he's been hurt, but he hasn't. Has he played for the Sixers? Oh already? no, no, not yet. Yeah, that's what no. I'm saying. So he's, he's yeah. I mean, there. he got traded. They had one weekend of games, right. and then the All Star break, so he hasn't had a chance. Here, here's the other big news too: is that the New York uh, governor they're getting ready to drop the yeah. Kyrie mandate. is now going to be eligible to play in all games. Yeah, so that's that's again dan- not dangerous, but again, it makes the Nets that much better. To an extent, I also kind of look at it as a, as a Cavs fan that knows Kyrie Irving pretty well. The more games he plays means the more injuries he's going to have. So, I mean, I just look at that as the governor just said, fuck you to the Nets and said, well, I don't want you to win a championship this year with that guy, so I'm going to let him get hurt. Do you think it's anything to do with Adam Silver coming out and talking about the whole mandate thing? Because did you hear that story or read the story? About like yeah, I think ago? it also it, – it, I think it comes down to kind of what the NFL did. The NFL hit the, hit the point in the playoffs where they were like, we're just not going to test anymore, so we don't want anything to fuck it up. And that's what Adam Silver's getting at. He doesn't want the playoffs to happen and doesn't want fans to not watch because guys are missing with COVID. Right. So they're loosening everything because they want ratings. So the bottom only line. states that are forcing it, I think, is New York. Yep. And then I believe San Francisco. So or like the California. Golden, it golden, I, I, well, not, it just not the city? Every, not every city in California oh, okay. is you pushing said state. it. state. That's why I was like. Sorry, not state, but California <laughs> state. But city, I think the city is New York City. And then I think San Francisco okay. are the ones that are making their players be vaccinated. So I'm yeah. not sure if that's going to loosen up in California. But yeah. I mean, I could see it. I mean, at this point the only people that I know of that are refusing to get vaccinated is, is Kyrie Irving. Right. So he's the only one they have to worry about. And if they go to the finals and happen to play the warriors, that, that could be a factor, that would which be fucking hilarious. If I'm, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm whoever's in charge of that over there in San Francisco or Oakland, wherever technically the city's called, I don't lift that at all. I don't let Kyrie Irving play. <laughs> Double <in> my, down. <laughs> yeah. No fucking way. I mean, I'm, he needs his booster too. <laughs> Whatever I can do to get the upper hand, I'm doing it. So that was a, a crazy trade. Uh, a lot of dirt came out after that with James Harden and, and his relationship with his Nets teammates, Kyrie Irving specifically. <laughs> Some interesting shit came out after that. Uh, one of the stories, which I thought was funny because it hits close to home because it was literally in our home. Kyrie Irving, when he was in Cleveland this year on Martin Luther King Day for the Nets Cavaliers matchup, was in his locker room lighting a piece of sage. Now, for those of you out there that practice witchcraft, you might know what that means. I don't myself, but I'm familiar with it because my wife had a string of bad luck last year. And people told her, you got to burn some fucking sage in your house because it's supposed to get rid of evil spirits and not even spirits, just bad luck. It's supposed to clear up everything around you. Did, did she do it? No, somebody did buy her sage, though, because okay. I guess that's it's I don't follow all the shit. I was just told all this. You are supposed to you can't buy it yourself. 
Someone has to give you the sage to burn. If you buy it yourself, it there, won't have the there's effect. Rules to oh, this there's whole fucking thing? rules to oh, this wow. shit, dude. Okay. I mean, how many women got burned at the stake for all this shit? Something had they to come out. They died for this to happen. <laughs> they really did. They they died on a burning cross, essentially. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and so she she was given sage. That's how I know about this shit. But the story that came out was <clears throat> James Harden uh, hated Kyrie Irving because of the weird shit that he did. And one of them was in Cleveland in the locker room before the game. He was burning sage because he said he felt some bad omens in Cleveland still. And it's like, dude, get the fuck over us. We're over Kyrie Irving at this point. I think Cavs fans are. We have a new team. We are up and coming. We are ready to, to take on the NBA for years to come. Kyrie Irving is still fucking obsessed with Cleveland. Dude, we traded you how many years ago? You went to Boston and failed. You went to the Nets and you're failing again. We don't fucking care about you, dude. What's you got to get over yourself. What's funny is I think that's his, only the second time he's played in Cleveland. Since yeah, he used traded. to avoid playing here when he, he was with injuries or it would it be a quote unquote like a, yeah, yeah. a day off, something like that. He refused to even be seen in Cleveland. And now he comes here and again, lighting sage in our locker room saying that it's because <laughs> of the bad omens. And James Harden looked at him and was like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? He what hated am I doing on his team? And then another thing that I heard the bad blood between them was he – Beat, he used to beat James Harden one-on-one all the time at practice, and he just started calling James Harden washed up. He just said, you're fucking washed, dude. And James Harden did not like that. So I can see that happening. I mean, Kyrie's a hell of a ball player. 100%. James Harden, A, he doesn't play any defense, so you're not beating Kyrie Irving one-on-one. Yeah. James Harden should have learned that going into it. Don't even challenge him one-on-one. <laughs> the, the number one thing, as much as great of a shooter as he is, and he's known for his beard, the, the third thing he's known for is not playing defense. Right. So going up against a guy like with Kyrie Irving's handles is a fucking recipe for disaster. I don't know what he was thinking, but he went for it. I'll give him that. So Kyrie was okay and happy just to see this whole entire problem get moved then. Uh, yes and no. The one thing I'm afraid of for them is you have Kyrie Irving who clearly has mental issues. You have Ben Simmons who clearly has mental issues. How are those two going to click? You have Kevin Durant who's just a mental head case anyway. Kevin Durant is just a <laughs> he he goes on his Twitter dummy accounts and lets loose. You know, let the guy live. How many burner accounts does this guy have? You think? With his time and money, endless. He has a million. <laughs> Most Twitter users are Kevin Durant. Actually, there's there's only like They're not bots. There's, there's only like Kevin, five yeah. Twitter users in the whole world, and Kevin Durant is the other ten million. He just has all those <laughs> accounts, and he just searches his own name all day and just talks shit to people. So, what team are you more afraid of as a Cavs fan now? The Sixers or the Nets? Oh, a healthy Nets team, no question. Yeah. I mean, and it has nothing to do with those two players we mentioned. It's Kevin Durant. Yeah. If Kevin Durant's healthy, you saw what he did last year in the playoffs against the Bucs. He pretty much carried the team in their back, yeah. an injured Durant or an injured uh, Harden, I mean, and an injured Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant almost got that team to the finals on two his Two inches own. away. Literally. From, he hit. He shot that one shot and hit the front of the rim. I mean, he gave everything he had last year, and now you add Ben Simmons, who hasn't played. That's the other scary thing is, is he going to be – in game shape quick enough right. has he been working out enough I, I saw some clips of him shooting threes it looks like he can actually hit a couple from the corner but doing it at practice and doing it in a game totally apples to bananas you know what i mean you don't, you totally don't different get, you don't get simmons is such a bum though i mean he's a good he's a great defender i give him that offensively though he is a complete liability with his free throw you can do a hack of ben simmons like they used to do with hack a shack because yeah. he can't hit free throws he touches the ball you can literally play four on five defense because you, you can double team somebody you don't have to worry about ben simmons yeah so he has a liability, but his thing, though, is he does have good court vision and being able to pass the ball out to a guy like Kyrie Irving who can handle the rock, passing the ball to a spot shooter like Kevin Durant who can create his own shot or catch and shoot, whatever. Just a really good situation for him. Yeah, I don't think you bring him in as for an offensive presence anyways. You brought him in because of defense. You lost a guy who was horrible at defense, and you bring a guy in who's really good at defense. 
Did you I'll leave something over there? I dropped my pen. I'm going to leave it because it's way too far down. <laughs> I agree with that, though. I mean, they definitely need more defense than they would need offense. They have definitely had way more. Yeah, that was their problem Firepower. last year against the, the, the Bucks in the playoffs is Kevin Durant was the only one scoring for them. And they weren't being you can't you it's hard to play defense against the Bucs. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They're a great team. Um, but then you add a guy like Ben Simmons who might be able to kind of slow down onto the Kumpo a little bit, yeah. they hope. And if he can do that for a game or two and they steal a game or two in a playoff series, that's huge it's, for the Nets. It's a big turn. That's their big hump that they need to get over is the uh the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the title of this episode is called The Return with a question mark. You know why? Because of a man named LeBron James. LeBron James talked up the Cleveland Cavaliers more than anybody in Cleveland did last year or, or last week. At he the, really the cupped the weekend. balls over the weekend with the Cleveland. He was really trying to get back into our good graces, which let's be honest, I think LeBron, as we said earlier with that standing ovation that he got, he's been in our good graces. Everybody loves LeBron James, I think. He, all is forgiven since he left. There are some people that were mad that he there left the second time. There are some naysayers, time, but... especially in the, the talk radio shows around here in the, in the morning and afternoon. People are just not the biggest fans what they need to look at though is look at how he left the first time it sucked we were one of the worst teams in basketball right. obviously it was terrible but without him leaving we wouldn't have been able to get Kyrie Irving we wouldn't have been able to get these assets and these players that were able to lead us to a championship so he did it for the right reasons second time around same thing he left we had to suck for a couple of years now we're a really fucking good team without him and there's rumors that he might be interested in coming back however Bear with me. I would take him back for sure, but for the right price. He is still under contract, so you'd have to trade for him. I'm not giving up any of our core players for him. I I, I just can't do it. I, I can't justify. I mean, obviously, I think Evan Mobley is untouchable. I think Darius Garland's untouchable, and I almost would say Jared Allen is untouchable. Other than that, there are some people to trade. Akuro wouldn't really bother me if we traded him. Uh, I don't think they would want anybody else, really. I mean, you have Laurie Markkinen, maybe they would take, but I don't really even know if they'd want him. You'd have to give up a lot for LeBron, let's be honest. Um, but none of the core four, I would say, are people that I want to get rid of. And again, that's Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and, uh, well, I guess who would be the fourth one? I don't even have one. Am I missing somebody? No, that's it. I guess it's the core three. Kevin Love. No, Kevin Love, I don't think he would want to – he wouldn't want to go to L.A. without LeBron James. If, if LeBron came back, Kevin Love's going to be here with him. I think we can get LeBron for not giving anyone up. He he hasn't signed the extension to go past next year. If he, he can sign the extension in August, he wants you to go past because next year's his last year. Yeah. I'm still okay taking uh, a LeBron James at the end of 2023. 100%. So he yeah. finishes year next year. Mind you, if he does not sign an extension in August, the entire NBA season next year is going to be nothing but where's LeBron going. But if LeBron's smart, and this is hear me out is my thought. Yeah. If LeBron's smart, he plays out his last year in, in LA, he finishes out, he then signs with the Cavs for a I say cheap deal, but a fair price deal, because it's a hometown discount, whatever you want to call it. He comes and joins this team at a, a very cheap price. Now he's playing two more years with us, maybe three or whatever. He retires in Cleveland. My only thing that I'm concerned about is what he had mentioned before is did he say he needs Bronny on his team or he just wants to play in the league that has Bronny? He in wants it? to be in the league with his son. Okay. So that's one thing I was like, okay, I don't want Bronny on the Cavs. I'm sorry. Good, good for him. But I, I don't want him on the Cavs, especially if we have to go trade high. I mean, not trade, but draft high to get him. I mean, if anything, I just, I don't know much about Bronny James. I don't watch high school football or pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's, no guarantee that he's even going to be NBA right. talent. I mean, so, your father's going to will the way to the NBA. It, it could be one of those situations like you saw it on Saturday with the Antetokounmpo yeah. brothers that did that that 
the, the one in the G League, the two of them are on the Bucks. Obviously, one of them is an MVP. The other ones are guys that wish they were MVP. Don't really belong in the NBA, let's be <laughs> honest. And that, that was put on display on Saturday in that shooting competition. Those guys were terrible. So I think it could be one of those situations where LeBron could get the team to acquire Bronny James to be a bench kid. Like yeah. LeBron's not going to expect him to play or anything like that. Sure. But just to be able to be in the league with his own son. The weird thing, though, is you're adults now and you got to shower together. That's kind of <laughs> weird. I don't know if LeBron wants that, but that's just part they of the They might NBA. practice already. Yeah, honestly, he might. that might be part of the training to get him ready for the NBA. LeBron's got a huge shower. Just picture a Rocky house. montage training session. This shower is part of the And LeBron's thing. like, no, 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 you grab the soap. You scrub this way in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> wax on, wax off. So I mean, I just imagine so he knows how to do everything. He's, he's a great man. But, but yeah, Anthony Davis just had to haze him. Oh, Anthony yeah. Davis got hazed. My bad. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go. Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> 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 but, my, but my whole point, though, is that I think that you could get LeBron for cheap and not have to trade anybody. But that has to be a LeBron, LeBron choice. He has to decide not to sign an extension and make himself available at the end of 2023. Is he going to do that? I'm not sure. How bad does he want to come back to Cleveland? I think the, the only thing, though, is I, I don't think LeBron wants to waste another year. He's not getting any younger. Sure. So I don't think he wants to play another year in L.A. for nothing. Uh, if, if L.A. is able to, to, to trade Russell Westbrook and to turn him around into – you know, God knows what, what, what they wanted out of Westbrook by, from some other player, if they're able to acquire, you know, great talent to build around LeBron again, great. But if they're not able to do that, I think LeBron's going to want out. And right. I, I mean, obviously I the Russell, like the Russell, Russell ask, Westbrook trade is, has been a nightmare. So I just feel like LA is going to ask for way too much for him. The only saving grace though, is I think LA could be in a huge rebuild possibly. And that could be maybe Anthony Davis is young enough that they might build around him, but he has had some injury troubles. So maybe they don't right. want to build with him. So, do they then just say, fuck it, we're going to trade LeBron, we're going to trade Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, and we're just going to start from scratch again, like they did with the, the uh, not LaMelo Ball, the other one. Uh, Lamar? Lamar, no, the, the Lonzo. Lonzo, yeah. What they did with Lonzo. They had Kuzma, Lonzo Ball. They had these young guys. They weren't very good, but they were up-and-coming players. Brandon Ingram was on the team at the time. So the Lakers did something like that, and they acquired players like that. I think they would be in a good situation for the future. So maybe that's something they're going to do. If they could trade Westbrook and AD, who are younger than LeBron, who could probably acquire a lot more, and then you trade LeBron in a package deal with, you know, whatever, you get some draft picks from one team, some expiring contracts, the Cavs get LeBron, mm -hmm. perfect scenario, possible. I trust the Cavs. Uh, really quick, we're getting towards the end of the show, but uh, the Cavs did promote Kobe Altman officially to president of the team. Solid and move. Mike Ganzi from Olmstead Falls. Olmstead Falls and then West Virginia, who's worked his entire career with the Cavaliers, has been officially promoted to GM. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for them. That's a huge move. Um, but it is a little scary because Kobe, Kobe Altman was the mastermind puppet master behind this I team that we currently still have. Has the, the, oh, for sure. He's going to have the final it, say, yeah. but it's just with a different position. I just hope that doesn't change anything. I don't think it will, but it's always something to be worried about. So do you about. think while LeBron was in uh, in town, you know, him and Kobe had a little conversation on the side? Wouldn't doubt it at all. I don't know if you still follow LeBron on anything, but he tweeted about a different guy for the Cavs. I forgot his name. I'm not going to go back and look at it. But there was another executive for the Cavaliers that was promoted, and LeBron specifically retweeted him and said, congrats, brother. I, you know, I'm so proud of you because he's a guy from Akron, one of LeBron's buddies, yeah. who got promoted within the Cavs oh, organization. Oh, some more connections. So, huh? nice. A couple more connections happening. So things are looking like it could be possible. And again, I would take it back in a heartbeat. I know a lot of fans uh, might be a little split down the middle on LeBron James, but I would take him back. He just has to come. If he does come here, if he does get traded, whatever sign here, he has to come in here and kind of this kind of fit in. Yeah. Not kind of run the show like he was in 2000, you know, 15, 16, whatever. You know what I mean? I get it. Absolutely. We won a championship. I understand. But this team is so well put together 
that you'd hate to see that chemistry just get thrown out the window. I agree completely. All right, everybody, we have officially reached the end of the show, which means it is time for Just the Tip. As always, we start off with our very own Tim Buck, too. Tim, what do you got for us? I'm on screen today. You can, guys can see me yes, today. Sir. You can Thank see God. me today. <laughs> um, so it is still Black History Month. I do still do my black facts, and I am still going to bring a black figure to the screen here. I didn't pull them. I didn't put myself up. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm talking about uh, Alice Coachman uh, Davis. Uh, she uh, she was a track and field star um, back in um, uh, 1948 when she was in the Olympics where she won the first, she was the first uh, African-American woman of any country to win a uh, Olympic gold medal. Um, she set the record for a high jump and uh, in, in that, in those games at, uh, at 48. And uh, she, uh, she won 34 national championships. Uh, yeah. She's, she's dope. <laughs> Jim Brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, she also, it was inducted into the National Track and Field Hall of Fame in, in 75 um, and then the, the Olympic Hall of Fame in 2004. So, you know, she's definitely uh, herded her way through all the record books. She's uh, she's pretty dope. That's awesome. She's still with us today? She's unfortunately not. No. She uh, Back in 2014 is when we did lose her. Okay. Um, but, you know. She lived a long time. She was she was ninety one when she died. So Damn, that, that's a good run. Right, right. I, I see what you did there. I'll be happy <laughs> if I get half that. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, uh, definitely, you know, dope to have you know figures such as her. Um, she started running on dirt roads. Jeez, I mean, yeah. no no better way to strengthen your feet. You know, honestly, <laughs> right. If you, if you can get good at that. You're gonna get good on an actual track. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but that was Alice Coachman, and that was my tip, guys. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for teaching us. Great tip. All right, Kyle, you're up. So my just a tip this week is just a series that I literally binge watched over the weekend. Um, I think I started watching in the morning and finished at the end of the night. It's the Reacher series. Um, those who've seen the Jack Reacher movies with, um, I think it was Tom Cruise back in the day, I think from mm -hmm. whatever, eight, nine years ago. Um, not bad movies. I mean, who likes that? It was a great movie. It was good. I mean, Jack Reacher is a guy who knows it all. He's very, you know, athletic and can beat everybody up but it's hard to make people believe that when you know i think tom cruise is what five seven um on stilts on he's stilts. five seven <laughs> and if you i haven't read the books yet but I, what i hear is in the books the reacher character is a six five just built like a shit brick house i could see that and it's uh he's he's an ex-military very smart very intelligent he's like a detective he's like a a Batman without the mask almost. So they recast it and Amazon took it over. Uh, they recast this guy. You can see in the picture behind me, this guy's huge. Um, the show's amazing. So I, what they're doing is they're actually following the books. I think there's six or seven books in the series um, that I think Lee Childs wrote. And the first one was a killing floor, which mm -hmm. this entire season was just the, the book basically put into okay. a season. Um, I highly recommend it. If you get a chance to watch it, I think there's nine episodes. There's they're an hour long. But it's a great story, great action, well worth the watch. So if you get a chance, anybody check it out. I believe they signed on for two or three more, so I think they can just continue in the book series. Um, but this guy does a pretty good job doing it. So. I'll check that out. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I forgot his name off the top of my head. It's like Alan Richmond or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was also, I think, in He was uh, another... Thad in uh, Blue Mountain State. Yep, yep. He was in uh, uh, Titans. He was Hawk. Oh, okay. And... Yeah, he's jacked. I mean, he's yeah, in great he's shape. Huge, so good huge, for him. But yeah, it's a great Very series. talented. Check I think he's a very funny actor. Check it out. All right, my tip of the week is an album of an artist that I just started listening to literally about a week ago, and I am fucking obsessed. His name is Oliver Tree. 
His new album is called Cowboy Tears. This dude is a hoot. Look at his YouTube stuff. He goes into full character for each album. So his first album, I didn't put a picture of it up, but he had no bullshit, huge legged Jinko jeans. He wore a pink like winter jacket and had a, a bowl cut. And he rocked that for the entire thing. Every interview, everywhere he went, he was in character, in outfit, loved it for this album. He's a country artist, so he has the bowl cut, but he grew the back out. It's all dyed blonde, and he wears cowboy boots and so shit. Is it like parody music? I mean, is it? No, the lyrics are actually, like, real and deep. Okay. And the songs are actually really well done. He's extremely talented. But in terms of just his personality, he's just like the Andy Kaufman of music is the best way I can describe it. He is a character. It's so fun. The, the songs are great. If I can recommend one song off the album or video, look up Cowboys Don't Cry on his YouTube I fucking love it. I think it's one of the funniest music videos I've ever seen. I have to watch and it. I listen to it all the time. Uh, so check it out. Oliver Tree. Again, I'm obsessed. I, I've been listening to him for the last week straight. That's awesome. And uh, that's going to do it for us. On behalf of Talking About Balls, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. I wish I had some flying music right there. <laughs> had to quote the other guys. <laughs> I love that movie. Gator, don't take no shit. <laughs> Gators, bitches better be wearing jimmies. <laughs> <laughs>